there's no more fundamentally pervasive truth in the Bible than God's zeal to be glorified. His zeal is for us to, to think, to feel, and to act as to make him look glorious, as to make him look as glorious as he is. The Bible says that we are to bring glory to God as Christians, as, as, as mankind created by him, we are to bring glory to him. Jesus says, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Not only we are to bring glory to God, but also nature reveals the glory of God. Psalm 19 says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Romans 1, Paul writes, that his invisible, God's invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. The angels in heaven, they are to bring glory to God. Uh, we read in Isaiah that the seraphim before the throne of God, they, they say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The whole earth is, feel, is full of his glory. The goal of our lives is to live a life that would make God glorious. But what is this glory of God? What do we mean when we say, when the Bible says that we are to bring glory to God? The glory of God is the public, the pub, the public display of his infinite worth. It's, it's the radiance of his holiness if you will. It's the, the radiance, the expression of his many and infinite perfections. But can these groups that were described, the na- nature and, and mankind and the angels, can we, can you add to this glory of God? And to answer that question, the theologians who have thought this through for, for a while as they look at the scriptures, they, they answer this question Um, developing two categories for the glory of God. First, there is the intrinsic glory of God. The intrinsic glory of God is the sum and the substance of all that God is, of all that God does, his his holy being in all his attributes. It's the sum of all his divine perfections. Uh, This intrinsic glory of God is never increasing and it's never decreasing. Uh, we can't add to this glory. Uh, his glory was, is, and will ever be what it is. Um, he is who he is. He's immutable and unchangeable. As the psalmist says, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. But then there is also what the theologians call ascribed glory. This is the glory that we are to acknowledge. This is the praise and the worship the honor, the sense of awe and reverence that we are to ascribe to the name and the person of Almighty God. And this ascribed glory is the result of beholding his intrinsic glory. It's it's by looking at his person and who he is, his infinite value, his infinite worth, and praising him and acknowledging that that's who he is. Um, Nature reveals the glory of God. Mankind reveals the glory of God to a certain extent. We are created in the image of God. Christians uh, reveal the glory of God even to a greater extent as we're redeemed and, and, and live by the scriptures. 
Angels, archangels, the cherubim in heaven, they reveal the glory of God and the splendor of their beauty and showing the wisdom of God in all his creation, and whether that's the physical world or the spiritual realities. But no one has revealed the glory of God, the glory of the Father, to the extent of the Son, to the extent that the Son, Jesus Christ, when he came into the world, that he revealed the glory of God. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. He is the radiance of God, of the glory of God, and the exact imprint of his nature. He is the king of glory, as described in Psalm 24. He is the long-expected savior of Israel, from Adam through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, all the judges, all the kings. He is the long-expected Messiah, the one announced by the multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. But now, how did Jesus glorify his Father? In what aspect of his life did Jesus glorify his Father? And let me answer this question in a very brief way. There's so much we could look at here, from his birth to his death, resurrection, ascension, but let's look at the cross of Calvary to think about this. Yes, everything points to the glory of God, but his eternal and unchangeable being, his wisdom and power, his holiness and justice, his goodness and truth, all these things are more clearly revealed at the cross. At the cross, God is glorified for the most uh, clear, most clearly um, in, in a way that his attributes are seen. His mighty power in accomplishing what no one else could accomplish on the cross. As we read the early fathers, many of them have said that his cross was his throne, and Gethsemane was as glorious as the Mount of Olives. It is the shame and the weakness of the cross, it's there where Jesus is most honorable and strong. By faith, a Christian sees a moral and spiritual splendor about the crucified Lord. And as Paul mentioned to the Corinthians, uh, indeed in weakness, Christ was made strong. And in the foolishness of the cross, we find the wisdom of God. It was glorious that he should be able to bear the enormous load of human guilt. Think about this. We can't take this for granted. Taking away the burden of your sin, taking away the burden of my sin, a danger that a thousand Samsons could not have saved you from, a price that all the angels, all the archangels, the cherubim, the seraphim together could, not, could never have rasked you from, they could have not atoned. Otherwise, God would have spared his son. But this one man alone unhelped in weakness of body and in sorrow of soul, he took away all this burden from all the elect in an hour. He was pierced from our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. What a load it was. How, how great is the display of the glory of God that he could accomplish such redemption. The magnitude of this burden is such that the wicked 
in hell under the holy wrath of God in all eternity will not be able to pay for his own penalty. He won't be able to satisfy that wrath even in eternity in hell. But for those who love Christ, all of them together, that price was paid at the cross by the infinite Son of God, the God-man. And we don't have time to expand on all the other signs of the glory of Christ during his crucifixion. Uh, was not the veil in the temple torn in two? Uh, didn't the sun become dark as night? What about those rising from the dead and walking among the living? What about the fear all over Jerusalem leading the centurion to cry out and say, truly this was the Son of God? In Christ, we see the love of God. Glorious is the love of God surrendering his only begotten Son for the salvation of traitors like you and I. Glorious is the justice of God at the cross, which would not and could not forgive sin without due atonement for that sin. Glorious is the truth of God promising a Savior from the beginning of the world and sending a Savior to his people. Glorious is the faithfulness of God to his covenant, which he kept throughout the whole history of mankind at such a high expense. Glorious is the wisdom of God orchestrating his marvelous way of salvation through the coming of his Son in the fullness of time. And all these things um, reveal the glorious holiness of God being both just and the one who justifies. And after the cross and after Christ finished all this work, he continues to reveal his glory in his majesty as king of the world. God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And today his glory shines in heaven and on earth. Because of Christ's work at the cross, God is glorified in the death and resurrection of Christ by the love of all those who Jesus saves, by the holy reverence and godly fear of all who, who Jesus brings to the Father. Even now, it's happening all over the world. His people are being rescued. His people are being saved. And they're bringing glory to God all because of the Son. And in all that you can be said about the glory of God and the coming of the Son of God into the world... Here's the message for you today as we think about these things. Happy are those who, sleeping or walking, living or dying, may receive a glimpse of his glory. And we, of course, behold his glory as we look at the word and the scriptures. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Dear Lord, great is your glory revealed in the person and works of your son, Jesus Christ. May his beauty and glory shine bright in the hearts and minds of every soul present here in this church today. And it is in his name that we trust, and it is in his name that we pray. Amen.